Hey, loyal listener, Dazza B here. You've tuned in to part two of episode 50 of our surf versus music debate, uh, where Stanley Nermelston lays out his arguments as to why surfing is better than music. Uh, and then he comes back equally hard, uh, arguing why music is better than surfing. Which one wins in the end? Who knows? But uh, we have a lot of fun fleshing out the arguments for either camp. Well, I hope you enjoy it, and uh, you. G'day, listeners. You're tuned to Sound Waves, a podcast that explores the nexus between surfing and music and the nefarious spaces in between. Between the wave and the rave, between the heaving shack and the martial stack, between neoprene and spandex, the mosh pit and the death pit, fiberglass and vinyl, the boogie and the board, between Brian Eno and George Greeno. So wax up your stick, crank up the stereo, and paddle out into the secret sonic surf spot that is sound waves. Tales from the shack, 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 shack. As the sex pistols said, you know, don't listen to the bullocks. So, so it was, um... It, I think it's it was, bollocks, my dear. Is it bollocks? Bollocks, bollocks not bullocks. Bullocks. No. Okay, so we're back. <clears throat> All righty. So, um, weatherman for surf. Now, let's go to number one for music. Yeah. And, um, yeah, as I mentioned, scenes, music scenes. I mean... As a kid, I was completely, well, as a teenager, I was completely besotted with the mad Chester scene. I think we might have mentioned this before, you know, um, the Stone Roses and the Happy Mondays specifically. But, um, you know, I totally tried to emulate uh, that. I was also obsessed with the kind of um, Sydney indie scene, um, the kind of, uh, you know, uh, Stovepipe, black stovepipes, leather boots, and paisley, paisley shirts. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, there's so many different musical scenes. Um, what's your uh, what's your take on the idea of, of music scenes? Ah, oh, um, um, well, yeah, I don't think I've <laughs> felt like I was uh, belongs to any, but uh, I I kind of watched from afar, and uh, yeah. yeah I- <clears throat> I, I kind of like the fact that you uh, straddled a couple of different camps there. You were in the, <laughs> yeah, was uh, it, it was in a, it was in a, uh, a small period of time actually because I, I I moved from you know I guess in you know back in the day you could I you could with your fake ID you could get into bars particularly if you had long dreads as I as I did. So we used to go into into town when we we're like sixteen, seventeen, and go to all the you know the Hope Town and the Annandale and. Um, all the classic old pubs and see, you know, go and see um, the uh, a whole range of different uh, Sydney bands. And that was, and, you know, go to, we've talked about Red Eye Records, but there, mm. near Red Eye, there was a shop and for the life of me, I can't remember, that had the most amazing Paisley shirts. Um, so I had a, had a couple of, <clears throat> a couple of Paisley shirts that, um, yeah, I cherished. Um, oh. And then, and then I think that kind of, was completely that scene was for me was completely shattered the first time I took ecstasy because then um obviously I just became a complete um 
convert to to Manchester and literally right. changed <clears throat> all of a sudden I was wearing um sneakers baggy jeans uh t-shirts kind of um you yeah. know uh not tracksuit tops but kind of I don't know um that kind of that kind of casual vibe so mm. uh yeah <clears throat> but I did I, even even though I was thousands of kilometers away I did very much feel part of the uh the Manchester scene definitely Suddenly, everything came together. The music, the dancing, the drugs, the venue, the city. I was proved right. Manchester was like Renaissance Florence. Mike Pickering was right. You don't need bands in a club. Sean Ryder was right. New Order were right. We all came together. Everyone came to the Hacienda. It was our cathedral. Manchester, birthplace to the railways, the computer, the bouncing bomb. Tonight, something equally as epoch-making is taking place. See? They're applauding the DJ. Not the music, not the musician, not the creator, but the medium. This is it. The birth of rave culture, the beatification of the beat, the dance age. This is the moment when even the white man starts dancing. Welcome to Manchester. And, and the other one, I guess, the, the, the indie scene as well. So what was it, what was it about the, the, the Manchester thing that uh, appealed to young I think at the I think at the time it was... I mean, maybe, you know, you, you revolt against a whole lot of things. So I had, by that stage, I had shaved my head and, <clears throat> or at least cut all the, cut all the dreads out. Um, or maybe I had long hair. I, anyway, I can't remember, but um, <laughs> uh, I think it was more the kind of fact that people like, particularly Sean Ryder, they basically just didn't give a, uh, right. <clears throat> didn't give a fuck about anything. The The music was, um, you know, it, it made you want to dance, um, which obviously having, partaken in a, a decent amount of uh, MDMA that um, you get that feeling uh, yeah and it was it was vibrant it was new it was something very very far away from Australia that's for sure uh, in every in every respect so yeah <clears throat> you know Australia at the time was still very much rocky um, uh, and, and and let's not forget at, at the same time that Manchester kind of hit off um Maybe a, maybe a year later or so, it was kind of uh, grunge kind of took off. So there, there, there were these two kind of competing uh, yeah, ethos. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so I was very much more into the um, the, the dancey side of things as opposed to the rocky side of things. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but um, what about you? What, what's a scene that you not necessarily um, uh, felt uh, aligned with, but that you would like to have been part of ah <laughs> uh, look yeah i don't know i mean as far as yeah when i i remember just this the, the kind of just the rock scene in sydney and i i think i was too late for the the probably the heyday you know that like the oils and the and, and the birdman and stuff yeah, like that. yeah and the birdman all that stuff so I, I came in a bit late but there was definitely some great moments at you know the annandale and the 
the hope town, as you said. And that, that was, that was great. Cause I, I just felt like I could be as uncool as I liked and still be vaguely accepted into that scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. And there's something, there's something pretty magical about <clears throat> jamming in, you know, getting stuffed into a very sweaty, small pub mm. in the center of Sydney and um, watching a, fairly shit band um and uh you know they're literally right in front of you the, the stage is like about 10 yeah. centimeters off off the ground yeah um yeah pretty fucking cool really but yeah and i, and I just remember seeing you know some of the bands that got bigger when they were small not not because i was onto it but i had a few friends who were and we saw you know you and i to, you know, with only about 10 people in the yeah. audience which is pretty pretty special but um, but apart the, the whole thing about scenes, I, I, I might have mentioned this before. Um, David Byrne wrote this thing about how scenes develop, and he has these kind of sort of like an ingredients for what can be conducive to a scene emerging. And, and right. one one of them is just basically cheap real estate, and I love that because it's <laughs> you, you need people of like-minded people to be living in a, in a sort of area where they can all be creative and not have the pressure of uh, paying rent and, and getting food on the table. Well, so, yeah. I mean, look at, look at, um, look at Man Manchester is a perfect example in, in that one. Yeah. And, and I think you like, well, he was talking about New York in particular. In, in, yeah, obviously. Yeah. CBGB's yeah. was the shittiest nightclub. <clears throat> not even designed for punk, it was designed for country music and... When you have, like, Chris and Tina, David Byrne from The Talking Heads, all four of the Ramones, you know, um, The Heartbreakers, Richard Hell, Television, Patti Smith, Debbie Harry, all in the same room, it's gonna be fun, let me tell you. And it was. It was the best time ever. Everyone thinks of CBGBs as, oh, I wanted to go there. No, you didn't. It, this, this was like, this was like the worst neighborhood, you know, in New York. But a very savvy place to open up a, a club where you could afford to just be super creative. For a buck fifty, you could get a quart of beer and a pack of cigarettes. And boy, you were, you were doing okay. CBGB's, strangely enough, stands for Country, Bluegrass, and Blues. And other music for undernourished gourmandite. It reeked of urine. You know, it was grimy as hell. Um, but that little stage in the back, you know, I mean, when they started having music, that's when it started happening. God, Debbie Harry up there in her fishnets. You'd look around and look at the guys, like, staring at her and think, oh my God. The punk scene might have happened without CBGBs, but probably not with the same speed and the same focus. There's, so, a, there's a fantastic, just a, a quick aside, there's a fantastic series on, I think it's, it, must, it must be HBO, called The Juice. And it's got, mm. uh, it's got James Franco and Mally, Maggie Gillian Hall. Oh yeah, and it's a it's about a CD, well, a couple of CD bars in basically in Times Square in the seventies, right? Right. So it's the same era, same era. Because that you've obviously been to Times Square, um, uh, but in the seventies, it was it was completely a no go zone. No one wanted to go there. It was only mm. kind of um, hookers, uh, criminals, and and you know deadbeats and whatever. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I guess CBGB's is my geography of New York is not fantastic, but I, I, I'd imagine it's not super far from the, the center of uh, 
of NYC. Yeah, I, I I'm not 100 sure either, but it was in a pretty shitty spot, you know. And that and that's yeah. the whole the whole gist of that whole scene um, theorem is that yeah, you need a cheap but but um, semi friendly to that that creativity kind of vibe. So yeah, yeah, New York in the 70s, Manchester sounds like it was the same. Maybe Australia in the in the seventies, but um, yeah, I don't. It would be interesting to see where the next scene emerges. And well, uh, the problem is, I mean, there, you know, there, there's an, a, another very interesting documentary. I think this time it's on Netflix, and it's about the SoundCloud rappers, oh, right? Oh. Yeah, right. So have you, yeah, I mean, you, you obviously know what SoundCloud is, but yeah. um, so there are all these rappers. There are all these fucking young. I mean, frankly, I'm going to sound like an odd fart, but young fucking idiots who, with tattoos all over their face, who are basically drugged up on oxycontin and um, booze, and they have this rap, which is kind of—it sounds like they're basically asleep. Um, the mumble, mumble rap, it's called. Um, and but, but basically, they subverted the whole music scene because they they started releasing these mixtapes on SoundCloud. Right. And you know now, and and obviously being pretty smart young people using uh, social media, they got these huge million, multi-million f- followings, and now are you know ridiculously wealthy and successful oh, and whatever wow. else. But you know, most people might might not have even heard of them. Like, have you heard of Little Pump? <laughs> or what uh, about XXX Tentacion? Have you heard of him? Uh, I wish I have, but no. Um... <laughs> well, he's actually dead, but um, oh, yeah. But okay. I, I would recommend uh, re- uh, watching it. The SoundCloud ra- uh, rappers, it's, it's quite an interesting thing about, about scenes. That's what's wrong right now. Everybody trying to rap the same style with the, uh, I don't know who created it, if it was Future or Amigos, but all them niggas sound the same. I said, nigga had me in the studio one night trying to do that shit. I'm like, man, cut this shit off. What the fuck am I in here doing, nigga? I don't rap like that. Um, okay, can I just give you the, yep. the uh, our good friend, the good friend of this podcast, another good friend, um, Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Um, here are some scenes in, in in the music scene category on Wikipedia. Um, anyone can play guitar scene. Nice. I, I thought that's pretty cool. Uh, Australian Scar. Ooh, okay. Um Brazilian thrash metal. We've probably you probably know a bit about that. Dark wave. Have you ever heard of the dark wave scene? Oh no, I haven't. Okay, dark wave. Dark wave is a music genre that emerged from the new wave and post punk music of the nineteen seventies. Wow, it's not surfing snapper rocks at night so you can get away. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Um, I mean, I don't know. A dead can dance. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so like um, uh, Susie and the Banshees, Soft Cell, even oh, Depeche yeah. Mode get a, ba- get a look ba- into house. Yeah, Exactly right, exactly right. Um, so that's quite interesting. Um, uh, a couple more. Um, this one sounds really terrible, and I <laughs> Dunedin sound. <laughs> what, New Zealand Dunedin? <laughs> sorry, sorry to our, uh, I assume so, sorry to our New Zealand listeners. Um, Dunedin sound... 
typically marked by the use of droning or jangling guitars, indistinct vocals, and often copious quantities of reverberation. That doesn't sound too bad, actually. Mm, could be okay. Um, Flying Nun records, basically. So, ah, ah. Yeah, we've got to give them. We've got to give props to Flying Nun. Sure. Um, <clears throat> okay, uh, a couple more. Um, uh, Ukrainian metal. That's uh, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty. Sure. What about this one? Teutonic thrash metal. Nice. Mm. Nice. Um, <clears throat> two bands that stand um, above all in Teutonic thrash metal are or were Destruction wow. and H Holy Moses. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll do, I'll, I'll do two more. Um, uh, da, da, da. <clears throat> Polish jazz. Polish don't jazz. About, don't, like don't that. know about that. Polish jazz. Um, and lots of these seem to be quite hardcore. Uh, Mad Chester, of course, is, nice. is in there. Uh, Japanese, Japanese ska or Japanese jazz. Japanese oh, wow. jazz. Wow. Wow. Um, I think there's a, have you ever heard of the Yellow Magic Orchestra? Yeah, yeah, I think we, we talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, we've no, got to do it. I, 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 yeah, so, we're going to do um, a Japanese course, episode, I think. We really should do a Japanese yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, so scenes in music, obviously, you know, that's well, yeah. obviously it's it's pretty important. Um, so my question, you know, we, this is a debate. Mm. Well, it's not a question, really. It's a statement. Surf scenes suck. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that, you can't argue with that. What Name a good yeah. surf scene. Uh, I mean, maybe... Maybe the kind of 70s uh, lightning bolt, Jerry Lopez-y type thing, but I guess that's uh, country soul, perhaps. Is that a surf scene? Was that a surf mm -hmm. scene? I think I like the, the, I think that most beaches, well, most kind of areas might have a bit of a body surfing bunch of dudes that just go out and don't give yep. a shit. Yeah. We got, we got that. And I'm yeah, like the, as... like the or the like the the back in the we've talked about this as well the the belly bogger boys off the pools. Mm. As much as they're kind of annoying when you're out trying to surf with a bunch of body surfers, I kind of I kind of take my hat off to them. You could tell right away who the players were down at the wedge. The wedge guys saw themselves as kind of rebellious, non-mainstream, and more people would kind of come in and, and if they had that same verb, that love, it was like you had that same soul. You had all the guys in the group thought the exact same way. This is our wave and nobody else is going to mess it up for us. And then the boogie invasion happened. And when people come into your house and knock on your door and say, oh, by the way, we're moving in and I'm bringing my 500 closest friends, things aren't going to go well. But yeah, definitely surf scenes suck. Um, mm. And yeah. because I think that if surf, and we'll, we'll talk about this when we go on to point two in music, surf, try, when surf tries to be a scene or tries to be sceny, it just doesn't work. And that's where music, because because music, you know, contrived music we've talked about, it, it obviously sucks, but um, so many of the, the great, uh, musical scenes or, or groups or whatever they just there's no <clears throat> there is there's kind of there's no attitude just because not not for any reason it's just because I guess the music is is, is paramount you know yeah yeah well and too like I think with music it's it's like a a, a tribe and, a, and a, a vibe is is good with surfing it's like 
once you get a bunch of people together, it's like, well, you just got a crowd. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, so I, you know, I think that uh, definitely in terms of scenes, we got to say the musicians are, are winning that one. Mm. Just as in terms of um, weather reporting, <laughs> the musicians do not have a fucking clue, and they don't care. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, so number two on the surf. Why is surf the best thing ever? Yeah. Um. Obsession. Um. Mm. Who, and f- f- for some reason, uh, there is a song called Obsession, like some eighties classic eighties. You are my obsession. You are my obsession. Who who played who who sung that? I can't remember. Um, um, so my this is my statement. It's uh, no one else's. Yeah. Um, if you are not obsessed, you are not a surfer. Right. Not obsessed. Comment. Comment, <laughs> please. Not obsessed, not a surfer. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Um, no, no room, no room for the the weekend warrior. No. No, no room. For the only me. way you can be a weekend warrior is if you are, if you literally have no other way to surf. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the, uh, it's like the classic. I was, I was surfing um, uh, Bingen once, and there were a couple of uh, young Aussie guys out there, and we started chatting, and they were, you know, fly in, fly out. Uh, right. <laughs> miners living up in wherever, Northwest mm. Karatha or something. And, you know, you could, you could fly across to to Bali for um, yeah. ne- next to nothing, and you know they they had to work for whatever eight weeks, and then they would phew, fly straight up to Bali and fucking surf their socks off. So you know that's that's obsession. You know the, mm. um, that's that's hardcore. Uh, <clears throat> the weekend, you know the, the the person who dabbles in surf or goes surfing when the weather's nice, or um, I mean the the classic example is the person who has they and their group of friends meet every Saturday morning at nine o'clock for a surf. It's like, yeah, fuck mate. If you're going to do that, go fucking play tennis. Last week when we came here at nine o'clock, the waves were really good, but this week it's not so good. And the tide is different. You can't, you can't, Turn surfing into a um, uh, a footy match where no. it's scheduled. That's what no. you're saying. That, yeah. That's yeah. Surfing I mean, that's is... the whole. It's the whole point, right? The, 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 right. You know, the, the, I mean, the going that links. It's intrinsically linked back to the weatherman thing. You know, mm. Um, mm. you don't surf at a fixed time. You surf. Hopefully, yeah. if, if you're lucky, you surf when the waves are good. Um, yeah, and, you know. and I think there should be some place in the workplace where you can say to your boss, look, um, uh, I only want to work at uh, sort of mid to high tide on a... On, a, um, <laughs> on, on onshore on a days. waxing gibbous. And, uh, you know, <laughs> there, there should, uh, you know, sort of... You well, know, there, did you read, did, there was an interview with 
Yvonne Chouinard recently, you know, because he's giving away Patagonia basically oh, yeah. to, to to the world, and he was he was basically saying that yeah, you know, from day from day one, um, our whole philosophy was if the surf's good, nobody works. Mm. So, um, and because he knew that surfers normally shit, so. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I, I have, no. I have, uh, I have, I have faith in Yvonne. Um, no. I've got a couple of quote, got a couple of quotes. Um, Go for it, Ralph Waldo Emerson, who mm. I think might also be in the same kind of category as Thoreau, kind mm. of era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you become what you think about all day long. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm. And I think that um, you know, apart from other. Um, more x-rated things um surf uh you know you do think about surf a lot i think um if you're an obsessed if you're an obsessed surfer yeah it all comes back uh, to no sorry obsession. if you are if you are a surfer not if all you're right. an upset if you are a surfer well that um yeah. however there is a there is a counterpoint to that virginia wolf said that mm. all extremes of feeling are allied with madness Wow, so, and, and you you would put obsession in that camp? Oh, absolutely. I, I would say being a surfer is completely being a complete mad a mad fucker. Um, everyone thinks so. Whether it's your you know, anyone who's not a surfer um, uh, or doesn't have some other kind of obsession um, thinks that you're fucking nuts, without a doubt. Now you may have, you know, you may have a partner or a or a friend or a family member or whatever who has a different obsession, mm-hmm. and then they they can't they don't have an excuse to uh, call you out on your obsession. Right. But the people who don't have the 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 obsession, whatever it may be, they can't don't under, don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I like uh, this. Uh, can I hit you with a quote? I think this yeah. is sort of. Uh, Relevant to what you're saying. Um, this is from Matt Warshaw. Oof. The, uh, the, the, the the encyclopedia of surfing. Pretty much, isn't he? Uh, he says, surfing among alone among sports generates laughter at its very suggestion. And this is because it turns not a skill into an art, but an inexplicable and useless urge into a vital way of life. Awesome. As a- uh, Warshaw is fucking God. I, that, that guy is, he's, if there was a kind of, um, you know, a pantheon of uh, surf, uh, Warshaw would be mm. in there. He he's would a, be. Uh, he's on the tip yeah. of the top. Oh, mate, Warshaw, Pesman, and. Derek Hind. I would say Derek Hind for sure. Derek Hind. I don't so- think anyone, I mean, as far as, writing about surf consistently mm. for um and and maintaining a kind of uh an ethos and perspective and quality i don't i think those three are are, are it really mm. the whole um, i mean we you know you may find down the track there'll be some others that are added into the mix but um yeah definitely uh definitely those three and and warshaw just just the whole idea of just having the idea of Going, hey, fuck! Why don't I become the, you know, the whole the the receptacle of uh, of surf knowledge mm. and dedicate my life to it? And I mean, fuck! I give him five five bucks a month, so I'm paying for his mm. fucking um, 
his his nightly uh, Manhattan that he drinks uh, every night. I reckon that'd cost about that'd be about my five five bucks. Um, oh, so yeah. yeah, very happy to do it too. Cool. Going back to we're talking about surf versus music, obviously. Yeah. Uh, my, <laughs> I reckon that an obsessed musician is often a dead one. Oh shit! Yeah. I mean. I mean, obviously, most musicians are obsessed, but the really obsessed ones invariably kill themselves in uh, whatever way. Oh, no, I don't think, in, not necessarily intentionally, but um, oh, right. end up dying. I thought you just meant dead as in dead, dead to the dead the to art. me, dead to, me. <laughs> dead to you. <laughs> no, you know, once, no, once you no, get... no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think that an obsessed musician is a good musician, right? But I think uh, that uh, uh, the maybe the level of obsession that surfers can get to. Might just kill most most musicians, and they're and they're puny and they're puny little lily white bodies. But how many how many good songs by musicians and bands are their first early songs where they're actually not that good on their instruments? Yeah, they're that's a true. bit shitty, and, and as they get better, they they get worse. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's that. I, I would say that's definitely a general rule. Um, there, of course, always. there are huge, huge exceptions, but um, yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. It's uh, it maybe that's just the maybe maybe surfing and and music are inverse in that way because it does seem with the with mm. the passing of time that a lot of surfers are getting better as they get older and um, mm. in in a variety of different ways, you know, and and maybe that's because the the innocence of youth is important for creating music, whereas the innocence of youth in surfing means you kind of just, just have no fucking idea of what's going on. It. You might have raw talent, but you, you don't read the water, you don't read the, the weather, you don't read the, the whole thing. You're, you, yeah, you know, yeah. Mm. Um, even, even kind of child prodigies, you know, who have it's their, their style and whatever else gets better with, with time. Mm. Um, unless, of course... <laughs> Like musicians, um, they uh, their star burns too bright, and then they end up just self-destructing. You know, mm, yeah. your uh, your Chris Davos, your Nicky Woods, your Shane Herrings, your um, mm. yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, the list, uh, Andy Irons, mm. um, etc., etc. Et yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. What do you mean? Well, at one point you've got it, and then you lose it, and it's gone forever. All walks of life. Georgie Best, for example, had it, lost it. Or David Bowie, or Lou Reed. Lou Reed, some of his solo stuff's not bad. No, it's not bad, but it's not great either, is it? And in your heart, you kind of know that although it sounds all right, it's actually just shite. Charlie Nicholas, David Niven, Malcolm McLaren, okay, Elvis okay, Presley. Okay, okay, so what is the point you're trying to make? All I am trying to do, Mark, is to help you understand that the name of the rose is merely a blip on an otherwise uninterrupted downward trajectory. So, we all get old, we can't hack it anymore, and that's it? Yeah. That's your theory? Yeah. Beautifully fucking illustrated. Uh, And um, I've got a song for um, Obsession. Yeah. Uh, we have mentioned this quite recently, actually. Um, Alanis Morissette, you ought to know. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why, but I fucking love that song. Yeah. 
I wouldn't, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. Love Alanis. Love and Alanis. Uh, it's all about a a uh, a very obsessed person mm. Um, mm. saying yep. some uh, pretty pretty raunchy stuff, actually, Alanis. Yeah, um, pretty, um, yeah, pretty. You know, mm. you don't, uh, and don't mess with Alanis. This doesn't happen in surfing, but in music, have you noticed how many awesome musicians, have we talked about this, are Canadian? There's yeah. all these people that you don't think are Canadian and they end up being fucking Canadian. Yeah. That's crazy. Something the only, there, there are two exceptions. I think we have talked about this, that being Celine Dion and Shania Twain, they should be, both be shot. Mm. I don't know how they <laughs> slip. Oh, and Brian, and Brian, um, Brian, oh, Brian. Do you think that Brian Adams has any Brian Eno in him? <laughs> it's spelt with a Y. doesn't count. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's it. That's uh, it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, mate, thank you. Thanks for that. That's a fucking get out clause right there. Saved it. There's definitely something about uh, Canadians that... Um, <laughs> there is. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention something about... Oh, I saw, I saw, sorry, just a, a very quick aside. I saw this couple, a very um, attractive-looking young couple on a train the other day in uh, in an Iberian city. Yeah. And they both had these hats on. And I, I can't for the life... I can't from the life... But they had the same cap on, right? And I can't for the life of me remember what it said. But I actually Googled it while I was standing on the in front of them on the train. And they were both uh, hats from the latest... Arcade Fire Tour. Mm. See, Arcade Fire hats. Yeah, I've got a bit of time for Arcade Fire, but mm. not for the hats, but definitely for the band. Yeah, I've never had a band hat. That's mm. pretty crazy. Canadian. Mm. Canadian band hat. Um, mm. Well, there's a record label called Secretly Canadian, which I love. Um, <laughs> well, you know you know the story about... I, I, I must, my brain is so fucking fried. Um <laughs> The hat that my my transaction of a Mambo hat for a fall T-shirt. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm. So wow. yeah, I mean, I didn't get I didn't get a band hat, but I got a band shirt for a hat. So, yeah. and a, I got a wife out of it as well. Actually, it's crazy. I know. Yeah. Things um, that happen with with hats. <laughs> So uh, we can we can um, we can say that uh, obsession is probably a good thing in surf. Maybe not so much in in music. I don't know. Sure. Sure. Uh, now I think we can both, without a shadow of a doubt, agree that um, fashion, which I guess is linked intrinsically with with scene, um, surf falls flat on its face and music reigns supreme every time. Every time. Mm. But uh, um, is there? An exception. Is there something uh, that surfing does better? Well, I I, I would mm. say like the Bay City Rollers <laughs> or Dexy's Midnight Runners. <laughs> I just saw a picture there. <laughs> There's not enough overalls in, in, uh, in music. And, uh, I think um, Spy vs. Spy did kind of overalls. 
Uh, yeah, I think they had a they had a few iterations of fashion. And big, and they? big pig did uh, uh, sort of well, aprons. That, that, they, Blood yeah, they aprons. That was pretty weird. That yeah. was that was. Yeah. Pretty, but it's still fucking fashionable, though, right? I suppose. Um, uh, I mean, you know, come on. The, the, I, I won't even because I think. Can we agree that Bowie is like about five hundred miles ahead of everyone else when it comes to mm, fashion yeah, and music? Yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, we'll talk about Bowie in a second. Um, the New Romantics. I mean, fuck, how cool were the New Romantics? Yeah, I mean, um, the the aforementioned Manchester, uh, punk, of course, um, mods, uh, mods and mads. I mean, Madonna, not uh-huh. not my cup of tea, but I mean, come on, yeah. I mean, she's up, she's almost Bowie esque in her uh, mm. chameleon like uh, fashion yeah, yeah, sense. Yeah. Uh, hip hop, especially kind of the early early hip hop and nineties hip hop, not not so keen on the kind of bling infused hip hop of, of today. Although there's, it's gone. There are some artists these days that have gone kind of a bit uh, back to a lot more stylish. Mm. Um, Adam and the Ants. What's your take on Adam and the Ants? Oh, I mean, thumb, two thumbs up, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is that sort of whatever that was, that look? Well, it's well, it's kind of like a American, it's Indian, like a, it's American Indian highwayman, right? <laughs> All right. Well, well um, okay. Well, let's let's just talk about let's just talk about Bowie. Um, actually, well, no, we won't talk about Bowie because he's going to come up in our quiz. But I okay. think we can just All assume good. that. Um, uh fashion in music rules yeah a question before before we um finish this little stage uh what's what is the best surf fashion scene I, I, well I, I, i've I, got my I, i've got my favorite um i'll go for it what, what do you think well, my favorite's that um the echo beach oh, scene yeah. um with the polka dot Quicksilver boardies and boards, the McCoys, the, the polka dot McCoys and stuff. That's my favorite. Um, yeah. I remember hearing somebody say, like, yeah, we should go to Echo Beach again tomorrow. And I'm like, Echo Beach, where is that? Quicksilver landing in Newport Beach. It couldn't have landed in a better place because there was a crew of young guys there at the same time that embraced it. Why is there so much photography about them? And why are they in all these pictures? And what a bunch of camera whores. Somebody's got polka dots. This other guy's got his hair like this. And to me, it was kind of like going back in a way to like the original roots of surfing. Like, we're going to have fun here. Screw you guys. We don't care. Look at the guys like licking dust, spinning around in circles and stuff. Everyone's going off, man. They were going off. Um, and, you know, the, the, the pinnacle of shit was obviously um, Hayden Shapes. say this week for me music is better than surfing because uh i've surfed fuck all yeah yeah well same so it's been shit um well it's been it's actually been pretty good here i've just been too busy which is really shit Mm. 
Mm. Oh, when, uh, when 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 good plans go south. Mm. Um, I've always thought about that. You know, they say the black sheep of the family, and obviously that's just a terrible, terrible mm. thing to say. Why why is South such a bad place to be? That's right. That's it, a good point. They don't say, oh, it's all it's all gone fucking north. <laughs> it's gone it, southwest. It's, it, it, it's gone. I'll tell you what they wouldn't say. They would definitely not say it's gone nor nor east. <laughs> Yeah, you got problems when that when that happens, but yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, going south to me always uh, is is quite a positive thing. Yeah, uh, well, certainly in the uh, in the Sydney context, mm. going south is uh, you know it, it's funny because um, we had you know we, we talked about this briefly in the last uh, set of episodes, but mm. the uh, you know the 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 city song of the city. Um, and you know, midnight oil and whatever else. Um, uh, there's a great midnight oil song, Surfing with a Spoon. Um, oh, yeah, and and midnight oil always invoked the northern, it's always it's always about going north, yes, you know, yeah. And I, I was just thinking, is is there is there a song out there that, um, you know, eulogizes the south coast trip? A good question. Listen, listen, listener, you better bloody uh, phone in. That's a great question. The best surf car. Oh, gee. Um, I, I, would, um, I would say the best the best surf car I've ever been in. Apart from, I had a, um, I think I may have mentioned it before, but I had a um, a Valiant. Oh, uh, a, yeah. Six, 68 Valiant nice. Safari, I think. Um, just rotten as all fuck. Like literally, when you were when when you were driving up the up the north coast and it was pissing with rain, the uh, the water would be would be coming in at at the passengers' feet, just because there was like holes in the bottom of the. So, but that, that and that was a that was a surfmobile. That was a real surfmobile. However, um, uh, BB BB um, the god the the god the god disciple um you you, oh, you yeah, know yeah. very well the uh yeah. the, the wave magnet god's wave magnet um we went on a couple of trips with bb and uh he had a banana yellow toyota corolla and it, like a sedan it wasn't mm. even a fucking uh wasn't <laughs> even a <laughs> wasn't even a station wagon yeah man incredible that that was the best surf car for me Toyota Corolla has more of the features, more luxury, and 
with more of a performance today's economy demands. No wonder Corolla keeps on driving on. Drive, 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 Toyota. To drive more of a car when you drive. Drive, 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 Toyota. 83 Toyota Corolla. Woo. Wow, styling. Tape deck. Mm. Well, mate, you have just, you are the segue into the new dimension. So what is the best surf car tape ever? Gee. I mean, we have talked about, we've talked about Pilko's, uh, Pilko's compilation tape. So I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with that. And I, um, I think I've mentioned that Pilko in one fell swoop introduced me to the Hoodoo Gurus, the Clash, um, the Sunny Boys, uh, who else was it? Maybe even my sex. Maybe I'm maybe I'm tripping there, but um, yeah. So I'm gonna say that that's, was the, that was my uh, that that's was my pretty good surf tape. Yeah, and, and I, I think that I think even BB with his uh his uh angelic Jesus filters would let a bit of um clash on the on the stereo. So oh, of course. So anyway, um, so we, we... Uh, so what's better, surf or music? Well, part two or three? A... Are we on well, part three? Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I tell you what, I tell you what, I think. Uh, well, I, I think I've just wasted the last forty years of my life. <laughs> uh, well, in a, are you talking about in a surfing sense, a musical sense, or just in general? No, definitely, maybe surfing, or definitely surfing, maybe music, but uh, definitely not life. I'm, I'm, I'm happy where, you know. No, you, you mate, you've done well. You fucking be in the there. kiddies. I wouldn't want to. Uh, uh, I wouldn't want to put. Uh, you don't want to write. You don't want to write the write the fucking tin lids off right no, now, do you? But I just would. Particularly surfing. I, I well, and, just, and I think and think you might have a nice wife as well. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mrs. Very, Roger. I'm a very lucky man. So, but in the t- in the realm of surfing, I, I I've just I sent you a picture. I've I've just been riding a Simon Anderson replica, eighty you know eighty two era whatever thrust. Oh, I thought I thought. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I've I've uh, I've taken the advice. How's this? I, I, I want I want to I want you to hit to. I want to sound you out about this. I've taken the advice of a. 17 year old student of mine Always who limits good, herself <laughs> yeah who limits herself to this is unusual for a 17 year old she limits herself to 30 minutes of apps per day so for the last <laughs> 10 days i've been doing the same thing so i now only have 30 minutes of any apps per day i mean <laughs> occasionally if i if it's business related i have to extend and you can you know you can say one more minute or fucking 15 more minutes or whatever Oh, so but, you um, actually put a, a, a an actual limit in there where it'll shut shut you down. Yeah, everything shuts down. Wow, I like that. I like that. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I tried that I'm, with the kids, and I'm they, really happy um, actually. They rebelled <laughs> they were, very quickly. They, back yeah. to you. Back yeah. to you being a complete and utter surf loser. Yeah. Well, so I just realised this thing. I, this Simon Anderson thrust. It was so good that I like. It's pretty much the first board I rode was a thruster. I just assumed that you'd fucking gone out, gone gung ho, and just bought some old bloody Simon board. But this is actually a new replica. But it is so fun to ride, and it's like 
Well, it's it should make sense. It's what I grew up surfing. And like I said, I think I just wasted 40 years following <laughs> trends of surfboard design and, and improvement. I should have just stuck with the same old board and uh, I would have been a lot happier. Well, I, um, I, I think that I think that we have spoken about this, but without a doubt, uh, there's a decade, a lost decade, thanks mm. to Smelly Skater and his fucking glass slippers or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think you're probably right. If I had stuck to my five, ten McCoy single fin and kept it, mm. uh, I think I would be a much happier human. <laughs> Yeah, well, this thing's almost exactly the same as I had a Lee Riley yellow oh. thruster, which is based on the very Simon Anderson uh, outline. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 1981 and sitting in Terry Richardson's panel van as a little grommet on my first trip to Bells Beach on that uh, fateful, massive day, the biggest day in history. And. Uh, Richo preparing for a heat that morning and listening to Hell's Bells play in his car. It was a classic period of time. There was a change in surfboard design, quickly going from singles to twins to thrusters. And, um, you know, in that event, I would say all of those boards are ridden. Simon winning Bells um, on that thruster pretty much legitimised the thruster. I think what we all don't realise is that I think it got small for the final. He actually won that Bells that year and beat Shane Horan in two to three foot surf at Rincon. And, you know, Shane at that stage in two to three foot, you know, point down the line surf was, was virtually unstoppable and it was a monumental achievement for him to, him to stop Shane in that, in that surf. And, and on the music side of things, I've got myself a turntable. I'm I'm hitting the vinyl. Yes. And uh and Avalon, Avalon uh, primary school greatest hits. Yeah, the Avalon Primary School Choir punching out a bit of um You Light Up My Life. It's amazing. Was it Bonnie someone? I can't remember who sang that. Anyway. Bonnie Prince it wasn't Bonnie Prince Billy. Was <laughs> Bonnie Prince Billy. That would be I'd love to hear that actually. Uh, that would be cool. Yeah. Have we? I don't know. Have we mentioned Bonnie Prince Billy in this uh, podcast? Maybe obliquely. I've got a lot of time. I mean, I've, I've got a lot of time for Bonnie Tyler for a start. Mm. But um, Bonnie P Prince Billy. He's great. Uh, not only is the name Stella, but um, and the beard, but the, uh, the the man oh. himself is yeah. Uh, yeah quite incredible. Yeah, he's a yeah. We, oh, I think he surfs too. He, he's kind of mates with uh, Andrew Kidman, and and there, there's really? a bit of a surf connection there somewhere. Yeah. Wow. Mm. The surf has swallowed him up. He's a memory now. Seventy-three when her 
actually uh, flicking through a a very well, a ten year old uh, copy of the Surfers Journal today. Yeah, uh, I have it in the in the can for you know those private times. And um, at the back, you know, they have a collection of what's happening kind of stuff. And there was a yeah. thing about Mark Cunningham doing a art doing an art show in Brooklyn, right? What? Um, of found surf objects that he because he basically, you know, he's, he's been a uh, uh, lifesaver forever. And you know he goes at the end of each day. He goes out with a with a snorkel and or with the goggles and whatnot, and um, gets stuff off the off the floor, off the you know off the, the ocean borders. floor, and um, yeah, well, all sorts. And there's a all, the, all this whole collection. And he had this. This is ten years ago, so I'm uh, I have so many fucking surface journals that this I've still got some that I haven't even read. So um, which is a nice thing to have. Yeah. Uh, well, that's and funny. Um, of course, the, of course, the write-up was done by um, Brisket, um, and it was all you know, you know, those, those Brisket. It was just NYC kind of uh, royalty, mm. wasn't he? Yeah, and and so what? What were some of the bits that he found? Like bits mm. of Brazilian. Well, there was there was like a body was like this kind or... of, There was this there was this kind of array, a kind of floral array of fins. That was oh, yeah. pretty cool. That was pretty cool, and um, uh, just 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 other bits and pieces that he kind of found objects from the ocean floor. There were, and then he talks about the first thing that he ever found was like this gold necklace or something um, right. on the uh, you know on the uh, on the ocean floor at Ala Moana in '76 or something. And yeah, Classic. pretty cool. And actually, the other interesting thing is there's a photo of him in New York. I guess at the same time as the uh, exhibition, this is ten years ago, obviously. Uh, riding a fucking surfboard. Famously, and guess what stance he is? That's a good question. Uh, I'm going. I'm going goofy because he's such yeah. a nice guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I'm a surfer, not just a body surfer. I love to board surf also, and I just love the energy that the fins kind of represent to me of cutting through the ocean, riding waves, paddling back and forth, in and out from the beach to the lineup, back and forth. And Katie and I have found thousands of fins. I can't even imagine how many hours I've spent masked down. Everything's new and shiny at some point, yet time and Mother Nature sort of takes her toll on all of us. And uh, I really feel it's Mother Nature and the passage of time that is uh, the real artist at work here. It's so good to find that out about someone. Isn't it interesting? Especially, especially Cunningham. I mean, yeah. Wow. A body surfer, goofy. Yeah, because uh, Benny Player, the local uh, uh, boogie boarding uh, champ from our, our way, Absolutely. He, he occasionally uh, hops on a surfboard. And embarrassingly for me, he's rips. Uh, <laughs> and he's, he's a goofy too. Of course he is. Good to see. Um, yeah, but uh, talking about found objects and museums, uh, sort of exhibitions, uh, apparently Mason Ho has a collection of all the bits of reef that have ended up sort of impounded or embedded in his body <laughs> from his crazy, <laughs> crazy kind of surf, uh, you know, um, 
shenanigans. Shenanigans, yeah, that's right. He, he, he said, well, he, and I guess, I guess, in his boards as well, I would imagine. Yeah, he said he was picking something out of his one of his scars that was part of part of some reef and a bit of his wetsuit that was sort of sort of pushed into his. <laughs> so he's got a little collection, apparently. So that, oh, that could cool. make a good um, little um. Mate, you know, art is what you make it. Exactly. And then I was putting them all in a shell. I had a shell and I was putting all the urchins or because I had a couple from different spots. I have this shell that I um put all my sea all the reef that's been in me. I'll just put it in uh, there if it's big enough. The museum. The museum, bro. Um All right. So surf you, you, surf and music. Why don't you hit hit us with another Okay, so the, the point so here. number number three number three on the hit parade was uh, what makes surf better than music was surf trips. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So um, I, I had a little brainstorm and I and I said that uh, surf trips are the essence, the fuel, the tenuous link to a youth. That has long since disappeared. Yeah, right. It's, it's a you, you're hopping in that car and you, you, you're sort of regressing. Well, you do. The, I mean, you, yeah, you are. You're, and you're, and uh, I, I think I've, I've, uh, I've told about my first uh, surf trip down south um when uh, I'd, I'd just got my peas, and uh, yeah, it was a, I was just so apprehensive. I remember not even being able to sleep. <laughs> I think may- maybe I couldn't sleep because I was also waiting for um, Big Dan to uh, deliver a big wad of uh, herb. Um, but anyway, we uh, we ended up, you know, leaving as you, as you should do on a South Coast mission at like 4 a.m. Yeah. It was pissing, pissing with rain and I'd just got my peas. I was shitting myself and uh, I had... Um, I had a uh, Keno O-Dog and Pete Barnyard in the car. What? Um, yeah. I mean, Keno and Barnyard, you can, you know, they, they're not going to give you too much strife, but uh, O-Dog, enough said. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, it, it, and we, we scored, actually. It was epic. It was an epic, epic trip. Um, we got golf course pumping. We wow. climbed. um uh pigeon house slept on pigeon house at the top of pigeon house we surfed we surfed the island pumping and we actually surfed crazy crazy bum holes (laughs) have you ever surfed bum holes i have never um yeah that that's crazy because it that um this is that's the antithesis of of heading south because it basically it's it's probably the only break in the whole of New South Wales that faces directly north. Yeah, really wow. weird. Yeah, or maybe I guess kind of Fairy Bower kind of does, I guess. But anyhow, nice. um, yeah, nice. good times. Thank uh, you. And also, I got I it was my first trip, and I also got my first uh, um, speeding fine. <laughs> but fortunately, uh, when the uh, when the cops pulled me over, they didn't uh, think to look in. My, uh, I had a Toyota Corona Mark II, great fucking car. Um, and we had stashed all the pot in the in the steering wheel. You could pop off the Toyota thing and nice. put your stash, 
put your stash in there. Yeah. Uh, and if my memory serves me correctly, my my uh, compadres may have even chucked in a few bucks to help pay for the uh, the speeding fine. Oh, what about mates? Um, how good is that? Yeah. I love how you've, mm. you've got the stash in the um, the one spot when you want to be quiet and take <laughs> it out. You're just going to go... <laughs> The horn yeah. Well, no, I think I think, I think I think the horn must have been back in the day. Horn, there was like a, it was almost like there was a, a sec, a, a separate stick for the horn. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm romanticizing <laughs> things, but um, uh, can I just say uh, we haven't had a quote all all episode yet. Go for it. But um, Tolkien said, "Not all those who are wander." Sorry, not all those who not all those who are who, who are want to wander. No, not all those who wander are lost. Tolkien said that. Yeah. Wow. Um. Well, and uh, I think we were lost. Actually, we got lost several times on that. <laughs> Some people are just lost. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I and I suppose that was. Tolkien was pre Google Maps. I can't. I'm not too sure. <laughs> uh, I, I think. I think Tolkien. The thing with Tolkien was he was always he he he, he couldn't sync his iPhone with with um, <laughs> uh, the App Store. Yeah. So every time he tried to download app download maps, it just wouldn't go. Yeah. I mean, I, w- mm. I, I wish Tolkien and Middle Earth. Have you ever, have you ever tried to access Middle Earth on Google Maps? It's fucking difficult to find. Uh, it takes a while to download. Um, mm. uh, imagine if Tolkien did the maps for Google Maps. It's, I love <laughs> Tolkien maps. Yeah. The Shire. And and this is a funny thing. Who would have uh, thought that to... Tolkien was from fucking Cronulla? That's crazy, isn't it? Um, Tolkien on a on a. Oh, I tell you, I tell you what's Tolkien esque. Derek Hines latest surfboard. I don't know if you saw it. Um, is this part uh, of the? Is this still part of his collection? I don't know. It's just a photo that popped up on on. I'll, I'll I'll send it to you or post it or whatever. But this thing, I actually made a comment, um, and because I thought it looked like the uh, Isildur's uh, sword, the famous uh, sword that uh, broke in, in two or three or whatever when he uh, cut the ring off what's his name's finger the tail snapped off when a guy borrowed it for surf i was at jeffrey's reforge the sword and something made me think well perhaps if i just hack as much off the nose as is off the tail the ashes of fire shall be broken a light from the shadow shall spring renew it shall be blamed same set amount of rail, nose to tail, that sits in the pocket super well for your eyes. And it worked. The crownless again shall be king. And if you can get the cut through the water just right at the point of the nose, uh, and if you can catch the waves. Boy, if you can catch the waves, it's a thrill. But speaking of those amazing maps from Lord of the Rings, ha, um, 
Matt, like we used to have to buy them. We, we do it a surf trip. We'd, we'd stop off at the server and like try and buy the the map of the area. Did you ever do that? Like, because uh, I, I actually um, call me a tragic, but I I have a, a selection of maps in my car right now. I um, still do. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, uh, invariably, uh, Mrs. Normalston ends up very getting very frustrated on on uh uh whatever apple maps or whatever it is but i do like to have i just like to have a big big old map because when when i first when um when me and aldo and cano first did our big euro trip we had there was this amazing thing that you could buy in in the uk and it was a map book so it's like a a3 ring bound fucking map like a Michelin of, of kind Europe. Of thing yeah, yeah, exactly. And that that thing was just so cool. And you know, I mean fuck in, these days we get so stressed if if the fucking if the uh, if the uh, AI don't take us right to the door of the uh of the restaurant that we we wanting to go to. But back in those days, you know, fuck man, you we'd get so lost. It was epic. <laughs> lost. So good. And you didn't care. You just didn't care. Because you just end up, you'd end up in some French village, and you just get some more fucking yeah. baguettes and cheese, and another bottle of fucking two two liters of rustic wine in a plastic bottle. It was like heaven. So good. Um, yeah, well, there you go. Surf trips getting lost. Mm, I actually, um, uh, and there's two things that, that for some reason I I did mention uh, Pilco's um, surf tape. Just definitely from my uh, East Coast surf missions. Yeah, I would say from my international surf missions, certainly um, back in the early days, the the only album that any surfer worth their salt should ever have travelled with was uh, Bob Marley's Legend. You reckon? Because that- well, not only was it a an album that you could listen to on repeat, you know. And you know it's got it's it's mm. got every every classic Bob Marley song, probably too many classics, but anyhow, but it was it was currency. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about this before. Mm, yeah. We have done so. Um, so I would say definitely that uh, you know that Bob Bob definitely fueled many a surf trip um, through throughout the ages. Bob um, Coin. Bobcoin. <laughs> Bobcoin. Yes. What is the what is the uh I reckon Bobcoin I don't think it tanked as much as fucking Bitcoin. Yeah, it? maybe not. Bobcoin's uh, still up there. Oh, uh, and the other the other comment that I had, because we have to compare music with surf. Yeah. Surfing is definitely much better than music because a surf tour, even as depraved as it is, is much healthier than a music tour. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, mm, why? Because you're actually doing something at physical at the end of it. <laughs> well, okay. Just... Well, uh, let, let, let's let's think about the most depraved surf tours. I don't know. Let, let's say mm. fucking Robbie Page and Robbie Bain in 1988 or something. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I still think that Axl Rose is going to fucking <laughs> eat them alive, or Lemmy. Imagine Lemmy meeting any so even even Andy Irons at his the the Irons brothers at their best. Lemmy would just fucking 
yeah. eat them alive. Smash them. Absolutely uh, smash them. Plus the fact that I take a lot of drugs. So. Yeah, so you're How long did you stay up there? Two weeks once. Without a blink. But that, that was on the old stuff, on methamphetamine and hydrochloride, the liquid stuff. Back That's in, impressive. Back in 70, I think it was. And I was, I felt fine. And all the time, in the two weeks, I had two individual fruit pies and two and two um, raspberry yogurts. That's it. And I went down the speakeasy, this is the end of the two weeks, and I felt all right, you know. And there was a friend of mine in there called Lou, and I said, hi, Lou, how are you doing? She went, ah, like that. <laughs> I said, what? You know, and she said, you just said, fucking lines were down, you know. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah. What, yeah. I, I think music's all about comfort, whereas surfing's, you know, where, especially the South Coast trip, you're going to get cold, you're going to get wet, you're going to get kind of, you know, out of your comfort Well, you're, zone. Not, you're, not, you're, not in a, you're not in a fucking 20-metre-long 20, uh, 20 tour bus, are you? Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you, you, you're, you're vomiting up at the on the on the uh, tiled floor of the Marlin Bar in Baladala. Yeah. The, the thing, yeah, that's what a pub. The thing about certain <laughs> music, though, is interesting, though, is because yeah, the, the the hard thing about surf and travel and and I, uh, Roscoe Peak Coltrane, and I had this in a huge way when we went to Tahiti. Is the the localism aspect of surfing? Yes, can be quite uh, confronting. Whereas yes, music, that's true. Music doesn't really have localism, you know. Like well, you, I I, I, does I, it. I totally well no, I totally agree with you. However, not being a uh, a musician nor a musical stud, <laughs> I would imagine that there's plenty a musician, and maybe not on the kind of you know uh, Robert Plant, Jimmy Page level, but. Um, let, let's talk about your kind of bog standard uh, pub band level who has rolled into town and been chased out of town by oh, the mate. locals because you've been trying to shag someone's sister or something, right? Yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, but that's that's the band of them. So, I mean, as a punter, like you, you, you don't rock up to a night or, you know, a, a pub to see a band and then have a bunch of people say, no, piss off! This is this is our pub, you know. Locals I don't, don't know. know. Maybe <laughs> have you ever been? Have you ever been to a fucking gig in Dubbo? Oh, the deep south. Uh, um, oh, deep, hang something. on. Let, let, let's go. Let's what Eden? Yeah. What about Eden? <laughs> Pambula. Have you been yeah. to fucking Pambula? Fucking Ari? Yeah. See the local um, Ian Moss cover band or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, sorry, Pambula. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But, I but think, um, uh, <laughs> sorry. But no, I, 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 think, I mean, I think we're lucky as surfers that there are some, you know, we talk about localism and and uh, but surfers are soft. I, I think we're kind of lucky. There's some tribal or sort of groups that haven't that don't surf. I think, well, I'm thinking like, say, redneck Americans, like deep south, your full kind of nightmarish Ku Klux Klan knife, kind knife of people. wielding, knife wielding, uh, yeah, yeah, greats, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or bikies, imagine if bikies surfed, 
because it's too hard to put a surfboard on a bike. I mean, it's fucking <laughs> badass. Bike, um, I mean, bike, and, and imagine if the, the worst thing would be if bikey surf, not only the fact that they're aggro, but the fact that they're so, they've taken so much fucking speed that mm. they'd just be in the surf like for like 12 hours. <laughs> That's right. In a leather wetsuit. <laughs> they'd never leave. Yeah, yeah. In a leather wetsuit, yeah. Uh, imagine Lemmy. Imagine Lemmy in the surf. Fucking hell. Who uh, do you think? Okay, the, the random question. What musician do you think would be able to surf? Like, I mean, obviously, no, we're not talking about stupid fucking, uh, uh, um, <laughs> you know, uh, actual musicians who do surf. What? Like our I'm thinking, our... I'm thinking Bowie and Jagger both kind of would Jagger's yeah. still very loose limbed for his age. Yeah, I reckon Jagger definitely. Jagger would Jagger would Jag, Jagger would be like a Craig Ando style. Oh he would be. Yes. Mm. I think Bowie, I think Bowie uh, once he got his once he got his shit together, he'd actually I reckon he'd have a pretty I mean Jagger would be much more kind of soulful. Mm. I think Bowie might actually have a pretty pretty solid style. Yeah. For some reason, I don't think Bowie would be into the big surf. I think, he'd, you know. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's possible. A little bit fragile, true. but he'd be stylish for sure. Okay, it's, so what, what musician what musician then would be an absolute fucking hellman charger? Oh, that's a good question. Well, Lemmy. Hell, or woman. <laughs> Danzig. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> I think Dan. I think Danzig. I, I love Danzig, but um, I reckon is, Danzig's just he's he's full of shit. So Stevie um, Stevie Nicks would be quite interesting to see. So I don't know why. Can um, you make wetsuits with lace? <laughs> Lowy black lace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, um, <clears throat> I reckon. Uh, oh, what's his What's his name from fucking Black Flag? I reckon he might charge a few. Big oh, words. Henry Rollins. Yeah, mm. reckon he'd go hard. He might, maybe he'd fucking. He'd I don't know. Hard. He's a little bit all talk though. You know, muscly mm. guys, thankfully, can't don't usually make good surfers. Uh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, look, we're going to have to refresh here. We got our forty-minute um, <laughs> limit. Well, it's good because it, it means we're we're doing forty minutes for each little spot. Mm. So okay, okay. Hang on. Hey, loyal listener. That was uh, part two and maybe part three of uh, Surf versus Music, Riders of the Wave Storm. Hope you're enjoying it. I've uh, got a couple more uh, installments for the Surf versus Music debate and uh, I'm sure you're enjoying it as much as we are. Okay, uh, copious. See ya. Bye.